Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Geo coming to you live for the Bill Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Boomer and Geo live Friday, April 7th at 8 p.m. at White Eagle Hall in Jersey City. It's off the air, on stage, uncensored version of the show, only for the people in the room. It's going to be uh, a one-of-a-kind situation, something we have never done, and we're very excited about it. And we're going to be selling tickets starting tomorrow. The general admission ticket and VIP tickets and the VIP ticket, VIP ticket includes priority seating, private bar, commemorative item, meet and greet. Uh, the pre-sale is going to start tomorrow at 8 a.m. and general on sale will be Friday, March 3rd at 8 a.m. And of course, portion of the proceeds will benefit Boomer Esiason Foundation. For all information, go to WFAN.com slash live. That's WFAN.com slash live and you'll get all of that stuff. The pre-sale code, by the way, that I was keeping secret when it was on the website, I'll tell you now, is neurovirus. That's the pre-sale code, neurovirus. How are you spelling that? The way that it's supposed to be spelled. <laughs> N-O-R-O-V-I-R-U-S, yes? Neurovirus. Yes, so. Yeah, that's going to screw some people up, right? Well, definitely. Neurovirus, N-O-R-O-V-I-R-U-S. <clears throat> so that's going to be the deal. Uh, I saw Peter Schwartz in the hallway, and he is locked in for April 7th. Good. He goes, should I bring a poncho? Because we're talking about dumping ranch dressing all over him. You know, listen, I don't want to embarrass the guy. I mean, he's part of our show. He's a funny guy normally because he doesn't he's not aware of a lot of things that are going on in society. (laughs) Yes. It has nothing to do with sports and sports cards and memorabilia and like those offbeat teams and things but you got to remember this this is not this is just taking a moment from his life i get it. and then turning it into a very entertaining thing for him and everybody else okay and we were trying to get miller's ale house involved because that's what happened he was at a miller's ale house they spilled some ranch dressing on him they did an amazing job uh, when we love miller's ale house they did an amazing job of of getting him some gift cards and everything else and people reached out to him so we were hoping you know, maybe we could just recreate this on oh, the stage. I see. Okay. So you want to put them at a table and then just dump something on them and then have Yousef and or... Dan and Carteret clean Dan it up. Dan and Carteret clean it up. Yeah. And then and we were thinking, too, that, you know, since there's... We need two areas to clean up to see who cleans it up faster, that we would have ranch dumped on him in one area. And then we'd move him over and then dump, like, buffalo wing sauce on him on another area. 
and then <sighs> then we were gonna get like wings, and then we we're gonna dip them into Peter Schwartz like off of his clothing and stuff, and then eat them while Yusef and. Dan, we're cleaning the mess up. Is this on the list of things that you guys are comprehending? Yes. To put the show together? Yes, it is, 100%. Okay. Yeah, that's one of the things. Okay. So let's just get some chicken wings and just scrape off the sauce off of Peter's like hairy arm <laughs> and just have some wings. Okay. okay. So that's one of the things that are out there, but Peter seems more than willing, so... All right, well, as long as he's a, he's a willing participant, then you know I'm good with it, I guess. I mean, and he's going to get a humongous ovation when he shows up. Oh, well, he should. Humongous ovation. There, there is no two ways about There's it. There's nobody quite like Peter Schwartz around here. No. That, <laughs> you are right. One of a kind. Peter Schwartz. All right, we open the show with the Knicks and how we were excited, and we're going to talk about it again as they beat the Boston Celtics. No Jalen Brown, but this was a convincing win for the Knicks, and you had all the elements of it. You had everything that you wanted to see from your best players, the depth, the defense. I mean, holding another team under 100 points is just amazing in today's NBA. So that is the type of game that they played last night that is going to win in the postseason, where you're playing defense like that, you're holding a team to a terrible percentage from three-point. Now, I understand that it's a make-or-miss league, but... Part of that's defense. Part of that's contested shots. Part of that is making sure that they're not getting those open looks. And the Knicks were able to do that last night. Jalen Brunson continues to be great. Julius Randle had a nice night. And Emmanuel quickly off the bench was spectacular. A quickly and Hart and Mitchell Robinson. Yep. That those are the three guys last night that I thought, if I was going to give three stars at the game like they do in the NHL, those would be my three stars of the game for the Knicks, even though uh, the ball is mainly in Jalen Brunson's hands. And, of course, uh, there were a couple of tough shots that uh, that Julius Randle did make, uh, but those three guys were spectacular, uh, both on the offensive glass and defensive glass, and of course hitting key three pointers. And Josh Hart, uh, everything I, I think, everything I read, everything that you see, um, and most fans all feel like he has fit in seamlessly, like he fit in perfectly. And I think his relationship with Jalen Brunson has probably helped that. But it's because of the way he plays. You know, he plays defense. He gets offensive and defensive rebounds. And he's not a bad shooter. He's not a bad shooter at all. So, I mean, like there were a couple of air balls last night that the Knicks threw up. Sure. A couple 24-second violations that they get stuck with the ball. And Clyde was even talking about it. I think it was at the beginning of the third quarter where, you know, they were kind of stagnant. There was too much bouncing of the ball and not enough sharing of the basketball. Which uh, was obvious to Clyde, but the good thing about what the Knicks did last night, due in large part to Boston's poor shooting, is that once they got the lead, they never gave it back. And when there was like a little run here or a little run there, the Knicks came back and they were able to extend the lead back up to 16. So it was, it was a good, it was, I wouldn't say it was a great game by Jalen Brunson. I would say that it probably wasn't one of his best games. But he was picked up by quickly. He was picked up by Hart. And he was certainly, the team is different with Mitchell Robinson in the middle. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. But that's what's scary is he is just an injury waiting to happen. And you hope that his big injury this year, the time that he missed already this season, is it for him. And he stays healthy throughout the regular season and the playoffs. But, yeah, I mean, he is he is critical uh, to this team. Now, they won some games going into the All-Star break without him. and they uh, had because Jericho Sims was playing well. He was. He was. But but I think, I mean, the team just goes up an extra extra level when he's in there and the playing that the way that he did. So, I mean, I believe that there's real legitimate interest and in buzz right now 
with the Knicks, and the reason why is that you're going to avoid a play-in round, which I think is is critical. You're going to have either the four or five seed. You're going to have a team that that's very good with the player that you wanted on your team, most likely in that first round in the Cleveland Cavaliers and Donovan Mitchell, and you feel like that's a winnable series. Well, we'll see. that These next ten games are going to tell us a lot. You know, I hope they don't have a letdown against the against the uh, the Nets uh maybe they go to, down to Miami Miami's a good team that's a good team that really that's a test team for you because they're they're kind of similar to what you are yeah you know they're they're not the bucks they're not the Celtics when the Celtics are healthy and on uh and they're not the 76ers but they're more like like you are like the Cavaliers the the Heat the Knicks are all kind of like the same team sure yeah so going down there and winning a game down in Miami would be big you got to take care of business first against the Nets but you take a look at their next 10 games and they get that trip out west and I think they're going to end up missing LeBron in uh, Los Angeles yeah they, without a doubt there's there's no doubt that he he's not going to be playing in that game but they they you know these next 10 games will tell us a lot about who this team is. And the fact that they've won six in a row is great. And I know that it's not been perfect. But again, you know, when you see offensive rebounds like they were getting last night, that shows you that's tenacity. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the effort that you want to see. And I think that uh, Mitchell Robinson's last three games since the All-Star break, since he's come back, that's why I was asking you prior to the All-Star, when is he coming back? Right. Because you could see the effect that he has on the team. Yeah, and it's a... It's a team that's healthy. It's a team that you feel like Tibbs finally has got the rotation right, even though he pa- you know, he pared it down to nine guys, and a lot of people were upset with that at first, and it's ended up working. It's working. you got to give him credit for that. You just hope that, you know, again, as you said, Mitchell Robinson's injuries, you know, they, you got to be I – would, I wouldn't use him quite as much if I could get Jericho Sims some time and some run because he deserves yeah. some. Sure. I think he deserves some by the way he played when Mitchell was out. Yep. I can't believe why like, you just banish a guy to the bench. Like out of the I know and, and Mitchell was playing great last night, but But that I mean that's Tom Thibodeau, that's what he does. I mean you got Hartenstein just... that comes in and you got that second group and all this other stuff. I you know, this is what they all do, it seems like. Yeah. But like why would you penalize a guy that actually did some pretty good stuff for you? And if you can get him a few minutes here or there and get, you know, a blow for your the guy that's getting uh, you know all the run on defense, I mean, I think that would make some sense, right? Well, yeah, I mean, maybe when they solidify and get closer to the end of the regular season and maybe they're locked into a seed or something like that, we'll see. Uh, maybe you'll see a little bit more of that. Um, but I, you know a guy that has to be thinking about the postseason every single day has to be Julius Randle because his career took a turn in that Hawks series. He would chant an MVP, all NBA, all this stuff, screaming and yelling about, you know, how this guy was underrated. And then the Hawks series happened and he's awful. Well, he's listen, absolutely I, you, awful. He, he and, was, and then he came back the next year and had a miserable year that entire year. So he's got to be thinking in his head, man, if I get another shot at the playoffs, I cannot suck again. Well, he won't suck again because he'll have Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart and Emmanuel Quickly. He'll have three guys that can handle the ball, can push the ball, can shoot themselves, and can create spots and open shots for a guy like him. But you saw what Boston was doing to him last night. As soon as he got the ball, they double teamed him. Yeah. And he's got to get rid of the ball. He can't get caught in these double teams just bouncing a ball and trying to throw up like Hail Marys. Sure. And, you know, he made a couple tough shots last night because of the, the, the shot clock was going down. But, you know, as long... And you hear this more than I, I mean, like, they talk about spacing on a basketball court. Like, mm-hmm. okay, you got five guys spread out and move the ball. You know, and, and uh, sometimes I think, like, Julius on the high pick and roll on defense, I think he's a little lazy. 
and he allows the guy to take the three-point shot because he won't fight through it, yeah. and he'll just hang back. And, you know, you saw that a couple times last night, but he should be better because he's got better ball handlers around him, more experience around him. Kemba Walker didn't work out. Fournier didn't work out. Uh, and he felt like he had to do everything by himself. And his body language sucked last year. Everybody saw it. Even he saw it. He spoke about it around the uh, the NBA All-Star game this year. And now all of a sudden, he doesn't have to be the guy. And that's and that's a big like weight off of his shoulders. Yeah, he he still has to be a critical piece for this team, though. Yeah, I mean, but he doesn't have to be the guy where they're calling for him to take the last shot of the game yeah. to win the game. Yeah, we have seen that maybe too many times. But yes, you're Just right. Just give the Jalen Brunson, let him create and right. let him find the open guy. He's a smart enough basketball player, and we've seen it all year long. Sure. And this is exactly this is why they went down there and saw those playoff games. Yeah, and they were scouting Jalen Brunson. Remember how ticked off the Mavericks got, and it ended up costing the Knicks uh, what a second round draft choice. I'll tell you, that's the greatest second round draft choice so far that they have given up in a very long time. He has been everything that uh, they had advertised, and it's been a long time since we had a player like this. I also, and I know this drives fans crazy, but I do like developing our own young players. Look at what Mitchell Robinson has turned out to be. Now he's not Giannis, he's not Embiid, he's not you know those guys. I he understand that. He was a second round pick too. Right. So, yeah. so you developed him into a very good defensive and offensive rebounder and somebody that get around a rim. You've also developed uh, you know Emmanuel quickly. Who remember when he came out of Kentucky? I told you my buddy was at you know was a huge Kentucky basketball yeah. fan. They were hoping that he was going to stay another year. Mm-hmm. And we're starting you know I, we see flashes from him. You know, the thing with him is just consistency. Yeah. And sometimes he gets over his skis, if you know what I mean. Sure. He just goes 100 miles an hour, and sometimes, you know, he loses the ball or whatever. But, you know, what? that kid gives you effort every time he's on the basketball court. Man, the Garden has the potential to be absolutely crazy this spring. Really does. I mean, between the Knicks playing this well... With the Rangers getting Patrick Kane sooner than later. And on Wednesday. On Wednesday, and this this team that is that is ramping up for a playoff run. I mean, I, now I don't expect a championship from the Knicks. I mean, I could see the Rangers get into the conference finals again and, and make it another run at it for and sure. I'll tell you what, the Devils will have something to say about that. So will the Boston Bruins. So will maybe even the Islanders. Who knows if they hang in there and get healthy. Yeah. I mean, goaltending, goaltending, goaltending. But the Garden has a potential to be locked and loaded like it was in 1994. Yeah, I don't think it'll be that good. I don't think we'll have a championship and a finals appearance, but it'll be it'll be good. It'll be the first time, you know, that you had both these teams like really doing well in in a long time. I mean, you can't I mean, like when the Knicks were in the playoffs a couple of years ago, you know, with the Hawks, like the Rangers really weren't doing much that year. And then last year, the, the Knicks rebuild, were out. Yes. Yeah, and, and last year when the Knicks, uh, the uh, Rangers went to the conference <laughs> final, the the Knicks weren't around. So this will be this will be a good one. I kind of feel like the young Ranger players. There's about eight of them. <laughs> yeah, and the young Nick players are all kind of growing up together. You know, I don't. You know, we. How many superstars will there be out of the collection of the group? I know there's one right now. His name is Adam Fox, um, but. Uh, maybe Igor Shosturkin, you know, had that great run last year. Maybe he can do it again this year because they're going to need it. Uh, but yeah, there's no question that both teams have good young nucleus of players that are starting to grow up into really, truly good professional players. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Brewing Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Jerry Reco is back with another update and moment of the day. What's going on, Jerry? Uh, we are brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. What's going on are your Knickerbockers. They are hitting stride at the right time as they took down the Celtics last night. There's the double team again. Tied up looking for a teammate. Gets it back. Almost lost it again. Kicks it out in the corner. Quickly a three. Pucks it in. Another three from Emmanuel quickly. And that is Mike Breen on MSG. They would win last night by 15. 109-94. They win for the 36th time this season as they move nine games over 500 with their sixth straight win. Quickly off the bench for 23. Julius Randle, 23 points as well. Here was Quickly on MSG. That's a solid, solid evening for us. Yeah, Boston's a great team. We know it's going to take a great effort uh, to beat those guys. You know, they're top of the East where we want to be. So uh, it's going to take that every night, you know, to be a, a great team like that. So uh, that's what we did. And here was his head coach, Tom Thibodeau. He says, we will enjoy it, but then very quickly have to refocus. It'll be good tonight, and then tomorrow we got to get right, ready for Brooklyn. And uh, this will have tonight's win will have nothing to do with the Brooklyn game. So the Brooklyn game, we got we know we have to be right and ready for them. And uh, that's the challenge you face in the league, and that's the beauty of this league. Well, right now they are playing really well. Boston uh, did lose... Uh, Jason Tatum in this game of the fourth quarter with a second technical foul. So he was ejected. Jalen Brown didn't play for personal reasons. The free throw discrepancy we talked about last hour was 34-14. Joe Mazzola, the Boston's head coach, was asked what he thought of that. How can I say this without getting in trouble? It wasn't the same as the Philly game. And so he's referencing as the last uh, last game Boston played Philadelphia. He had no issues with the disparity because he thought the game was played differently. He thought more fouls should have been called last well, night. Well, I think Sunday night in Boston is going to be a little bit different, especially Might if be. Uh, uh, Tatum and Brown are in the lineup. 
Certainly possible. Yeah. We, well, and Tatum will be there. You would think he would be anyway. Brown's out for what? Personal reasons? Personal not reasons. No, personal reasons is what they listed him okay. as out for. Uh, as for the Nets, that's, they play the Bucks tonight. They are streaking, meaning Milwaukee, 14 straight wins. We'll have it for you on the fan at 7.15. Now, this is not really the Nets, but Kevin Durant was on the net for a brief time. Uh, here was... I'm going to give you Giannis first. So this was Giannis on Comedy Central. Played this earlier. His message to Durant, who is taking a beating for uh, heading to Phoenix, as he has. And, of course, we know he won at Golden State. You keep joining super teams to win the NBA title. How about how about we work out together sometime so I can teach you how to carry your own team? <laughs> now, you had that uh, on the same day uh, Charles Barkley said this about Durant winning on his own on ESPN. I don't care what the media says. I don't care what the fan says. I'm talking about old guys like myself who went through the trenches. Kevin Durant going to have to before. Hey, hey he's all-time great. But when it comes to being mentioned with some of these other guys, he's going to have to win a championship where he's the leader of the team and he's the best player. There you go. I mean, if the Suns did it this year, would it even be considered that? I mean, he won two finals MVPs with the Warriors. No and people one still buys it, though. People don't believe that he was the leader of the team then. Because he joined a championship team. That's why Brooklyn was perfect. If he would have won there, all of this goes away. He didn't. Now he goes and joins a great team again. Although they're not playing great this year. Yeah, and they really, I mean, this is a team that if they won a championship, it would be a huge deal for that organization. I mean, no doubt. Is, you know. But people are still going to say he's going to start playing again. Uh, I think, is today Wednesday? No, tomorrow Tuesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Tuesday. I think tomorrow I think he's going to be playing. Oh, really? I think that was the goal. If not tomorrow, later this week, he's supposed to make his debut. So that is on the horizon. One other one we played earlier was Barkley on ESPN again talking about today's NBA player. You're going to make $70 million and you can't play basketball three or four days a week with all the stuff. I mean, they fly private. They got the best medical stuff ever created. And I says... You can't disrespect the fans making seventy, eighty million dollars and say, you know what, I can't play basketball four days a week. Whoever's saying it, it is. It hasn't been as bad, but it still does happen. Anyhow, uh, LeBron James out several weeks, not because he needs rest, but a foot injury that he suffered in Dallas. I'm gonna take the next couple weeks off for load management. Just a couple weeks, I'll be back. I'll be ready to go for the postseason. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, spring baseball today, you got the Yankees and the Rays. Yesterday, Luis Severino, couple of innings, he allowed four runs over two. He says, though, results are not what matter, at least not on February 27th. The fact is, I had my velocity. I mean, I think that means that I'm healthy, you know. Uh, I mean, like I said before, I wasn't even trying to go hard. I was trying to, you know, make good pitches. And that's mean that I've been healthy. It's pretty good, not trying to throw too hard. He hit 98 on the hmm. gun a few times last night in his two innings. So Wouldn't it be nice if he made it through the entire season? A Yankee fan would certainly love How that. How about him and Domingo Herman making it? How about that? And how about Rodon, too, because he's a guy who's had a lot of injuries throughout his career. So. And how about Stanton plays 150 games? Yeah, now we're asking too much. All right, then. Now we're asking too much. Uh, Mets, meantime, lost to the Cardinals on Monday. Today, you get Jose Quintana throwing against the Astros. David Peterson yesterday uh, did throw a couple of scoreless innings for Buck Showalter. We had really one guy today. This was kind of a byproduct of the split squad game. And we knew it might be a challenge, pitching-wise. But the big thing was to get Pete's work in. He threw the ball well. 
He looked like he was right where he needs to be early on. So, you know, it's February. I try to keep that in mind with all pitchers. It's February, exactly right. So, Pete Alonso does look pretty good, man. He does. It's February 27th, but I would expect him to look good all season. No, but I mean physically. Yeah. He looks oh, like yeah, he lost yeah. some weight and stuff, and gotcha. he looks good over there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know everybody's commending Vogel back for losing 25 pounds, but, I mean, is that is that enough? I mean, he looks slightly different. Alonzo looks a lot different. He does. He will go back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the Commanders release Carson Wentz. Deron Payne gets the first franchise tag overnight. $18 million from Washington. A few more from Pat McAfee as he returned from vacation. Um, and I know we're going to hear from Brian Gutenkunst mm. uh, today. Not going to hear from Aaron Rodgers with McAfee. It doesn't sound like it anyhow. Uh, McAfee did reveal yesterday that uh, another former Packer, uh, and Brett Favre, although Rodgers isn't a former Packer yet, um, Favre is indeed bringing him to court. It is true, as he found out yesterday. I've officially been served by Brett Favre. <laughs> Came back from Hawaii to Indiana on Saturday. Slept, woke up on Sunday. Lady at my front door. Opened the door. I am so sorry. Yeah, and that's because the papers were in and his reaction. My dogs, I told him, sicker. Mm -hmm. She wants to bankrupt us. This is what she's working for, the Brett Favre team. She was not serving me the papers. It's officially official. I have been sued by Brett Favre. Here we go. So how how does that <laughs> work? Funny. Does that act, is that actually someone from Favre's camp or do they hire somebody? Because the attorney's look? office, right? Or is it someone from the court? I think they hire somebody to serve the papers. There's people that do that. Yeah, that's got to be a tough... T- yeah, I know. That's not a good job. No, it's not a good job. It's not a fun job. What do you think that pays? <laughs> not enough. <laughs> Whatever it is. I should say somebody was like a law clerk or somebody working in a law office. That That's their job. I would think there's a good number of assaults. Wouldn't you think so? Like people oh, yeah. are just out of their minds and they get that and probably even... Not assault, but verbally attack. Oh, sure. The person who has nothing to do with anything. I mean, I I would just be like, slap it right on their chest. You've been served, and then run as fast as I could. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) Hope they couldn't catch me. Here's the the positive for McAfee, and that's because he got these papers. Something came along with it. And I also have... Okay. You know, from that thing, I was thinking about sending him a letter. You know, writing a handwritten letter to him. Dear Brett. Yeah, sure. Dear Brett, just what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's the question that uh, a lot of people do have. What exactly is he doing? So, who knows? Um, I thought some interesting sounds from the XFL. All right, from Sunday that have surfaced. Um, this was the sideline inter- So Terrell Buckley is the head coach of Orlando, I believe it is. Could be T-Buck. wrong. T Buck, yes, T Buck. So here was uh, the start of a sideline interview. Fair to say, not pleased with his club. They wound up losing the game, thirty to twelve. Welcome back to Orlando. Here with Coach Buckley. Coach, how do you change this momentum? We got to get different guys in there. Obviously, we got I got guys out there that are not competing, that are not making plays. So we got to get people in there, young men that want to play. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that's one. Wow, that's T Buck. Yes. Wow. Then later on in the game, there's the follow up. A positive from tonight. Is there a positive that you pull from somebody who played well? Something you saw that you did like? No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I found that funny. Very Uh, direct. Gotta get him in the NFL. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then they had uh, the players mic'd up, as we know. So we were able to hear and see different things. This one comes from the huddle. And this is what happens when a lineman tries to help out in the middle of the huddle as they're getting the play in. All right, tight. Act two, hot. All right, tight. Belly look. Act two. Still belly look. Shut the f- 
form in their underwear. That's how much he loves it. You know, believe it or not, I will watch a few things. Every now and then I'll stumble upon it and I'll watch a little bit. Well, you want to see the guys throw. You want to see the quarterbacks throw. You'd like to see that. Plus, you can get all of that anyway. You don't have to sit there and watch it. You can get it on, you know, you'll get it on Twitter and they'll have it all over the place. Sure. So, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, really what it comes down to is like I told you when Patrick Mahomes sat in here. Mm -hmm. There is something about him as a human being that you could say he was ready for this. Yeah. You know, and I knew at the moment that I met him and, you know, knowing that his dad played Major League Baseball and that he was out on the field shagging fly balls at five years old or whatever the hell it was. You knew that he was not going to be intimidated. The same thing about Josh Allen. There was something about Josh Allen. You could just see that in his interviews and when you hear him talk, you knew that there was no doubt in his mind that he was ready for the NFL. Now, it took him about two and a half years to really totally figure it out. But you saw just how great he was. And that's the thing. I, I, you don't know about like Zach Wilson. When you listen to him talk and you see him and the way that he carries himself, you really wonder whether or not he's ever going to be any good. But we liked him at training camp this he year. Did, but he did, like, 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 he felt like he matured. I'm, but I'm talking about him this year, watching him, you know, go through the season right, and how right. everything unfolded for him and how his, man, I don't know how to put it, his teammates turned on him. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that was a dual thing, the way he played on the field and then his attitude and the fact that he never took any responsibility after the game. Right, and I want to say that because of where he came from, okay, and that little bubble of a world that he lived in, and the fact that he came here thinking that he could play football the way that he did at BYU and be successful at this level, you know, tells me that he just was not mature enough to handle it. And that's why I don't, you know, the Jets are not getting rid of him right now. They, they see something on the practice field. They see an arm that is lively. We've seen him make throws in NFL games. You know, I think of that one throw they threw as Tyler Conklin against, uh, I think it was against the Patriots in that game that he ended up throwing those Three bad interceptions. He threw a ball that, you know, very few players in this league have the ability to make that kind of throw. So there are things that we have seen that you could say to yourself, wow, that kid's got the physical ability, but does he have the mental capabilities to handle it for 17 weeks in a row? Right. And this is just a terrible spot for a guy like him, meaning the Jets. It, ju it just it happened is. to Sam Darnold, too. Yeah, I mean, you, just, you come over here, you get chewed up, you get spit out, you're coming from across the country. You Mark know. Sanchez. Yeah, well, Mark Sanchez had success, but the reason why he had success is he had the perfect head coach for him. Because the like, coach was the alpha male. Yes, and he was able to hide behind that shadow, do what he needed to do. He had a great defense, a great running game it ended up working out for him but eventually it didn't and then it ended very quickly for him so that's why you know the the next guy that they end up drafting the next young quarterback whether it's you know this year or five years down the road like the background has to come into play more than like it the has Joe in the Burrow background would have been perfect yeah. well yeah. because he was older mm -hmm. and he had been at Ohio State then he goes to LSU and he plays a, you know two seasons at LSU he's grizzled he he leads his team to a national championship and the next thing you know he's ready to step in and by the way everybody forgets you know Joe Burrow blew out his knee his rookie year yeah you know, yeah. everybody's wondering whether or not they're going to fire Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. I'm like, yeah, they're not going to fire Zach Taylor. That's not how Mike Brown acts out there. And, you know, people overreact to everything like we do here in New York. And I'm just telling you, they are going to keep Zach Wilson here. They're going to keep him here for another year, and they're going to give him another year to learn. And the, the perfect sit scenario for the Jets is to bring in Aaron Rodgers for two years 
or one year, depending on what it is, have Aaron Rodgers modify his contract, make sure that Woody Johnson has enough money for Joe um, Douglas to go out there and spend in free agency and make sure he shores up that offensive line and allows Aaron Rodgers an opportunity to, to win with the Jets. You know, if Aaron Rodgers could do it here with the Jets, it would be amazing for Aaron Rodgers. It would be a hell of a way to top off his career. Kind of like the way that Tom Brady topped off his career going to Tampa Bay and winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be tough to match that. But yes, it, it would be similar in that way. But the thing about coming here and doing it is with, with this franchise and the history of the quarterback position and how they've been dormant and the fans are just waiting to explode. I mean, this would be as good as it gets. I love the Messier comparison that someone called up and said with the Rangers. Messier was younger, though. No, I, I understand he was younger, but significantly. Younger. But it's a different situation with the age of quarterbacks these days. Like, you know, you could, we just saw Tom Brady play, he was 45. But just the idea of a, a champion from another organization coming over here and getting it done. Now, two totally different personalities, Messier and Aaron Rodgers. Just that idea of, you know, the, someone who's done it, multiple MVPs, Super Bowl championship, and then coming over to the Jets and being that final piece. And being able to deal with all the negativity that surrounds the team. Yeah. You know, and you got to believe, he's got to believe that they're ready to win now. I think uh, offensively, they, they still have some question marks that they're going to have to fill in. One of those big question marks is going to be Makai Becton. And whether or not Makai Becton is going to basically be able to come back and play injury-free and be the player that he was his rookie year. And is he going to take this thing seriously? For, by all accounts now, I'm, I'm understanding that he is taking it seriously. Oh, it looks great. I mean, at the end of the year, he had a press conference and in person, he looked awesome. So I hope so. I hope that young man re recognizes that he's talking about generational money. He's already making a lot of money because he was a first-round draft pick. Man, but if he ever becomes what they think that he can become, do you know how much money he can make? Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, those are those premium positions. God. The offensive tackle, um, corner, edge rusher. I mean, Wide no, receiver now. Yeah, wide receiver now, and obviously quarterback is just a different level. But yeah, he's, I mean, he's one of those premium positions. You can get paid incredibly well if you are a franchise left tackle who is in his prime. So if you're, you know, you're, if the Jets supposedly told Derek Carr he could be a Hall of Famer here, uh, what what would uh, Aaron Rodgers is already a Hall of Famer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what would a Hall of Famer waiting be able to do with a team that you would like to think is ready to win now? All I, all I know is that the AFC is loaded, and it is going to be a it's going to be a gauntlet trying to get through it. It's going to be like trying to get through the Eastern Conference Final or to the Eastern Conference Finals in the in the NHL. Yeah, I I think that the and I said this before we were arguing with a caller the other day. I mean, to me, it's it's getting to the AFC Championship game and giving yourself a shot. That That's what it is with Aaron Rodgers. And I understand all these teams are, are great and these quarterbacks are great, but but that would be, the idea would be to be in the championship game and give yourself a shot in that game if Aaron Rodgers were the quarterback. Uh, let's go to Tom who's down in Florida. What's up, Tom? Good morning. How you doing, Boomer and Gio? Hello, uh, Tom. Land of freedom, Jags man here. All right, Gio. all right. Yeah. This morning, you mentioned Richardson is going to go up the ladder. Yeah, because of the combine, I think. I think because of his raw talent, there's going to be GMs that, that fall in love with what he's able to do You know, in drills like this. Yes. I got to tell you, watch him against USF or Utah or Georgia. Okay. He's horrendous. <laughs> he is as if Jamarcus Russell and Zach Wilson had a baby. 
that's Richardson. <laughs> He's the worst. How he can even be thought about a first rounder amazes me. Nobody well, must have eyes. Well, I'll tell you, you've seen this a million times, though, Tom, in football, is every coach thinks he can fix that guy. And when you, right. he's got talent. He's like crazy talent. And every coach says, man, if I can just get my hands on him, I can turn him into the best player in the league. So that's why. And you see him in these mock drafts in the top ten because of that reason. He has the athleticism, but that is all. Can I ask one other thing? Yeah, of course. How come you guys never talk about the UFC? You're manly men. Come <laughs> on. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's not. See, I'm a boxing fan. I have not gotten into a lot of UFC. Um, that, a lot of the time it's on so damn late that I don't end up watching it. But I'm not opposed to it. It's just not something that has traditionally been a part of what we do with WFA. Yeah, it's not, not as popular as all the other things that we're talking well, about, especially well, when it comes to football. Well, it is right. I mean, it's it's extremely popular. But, you know, from the local standpoint of what we oh, do here. it's popular for the people who love going to it and, and seeing it and, and paying for it on pay-per-view. Right. But it's not overall, not even close to the popularity of the baseball, basketball, football, and hockey we have around here. Sure. Right. But also, just for us, I mean, you know, we are, we're going to talk about the local teams more than anything sure. else. So that, that, that's what we're doing. By the I, way, I don't, I don't know if you saw this. I, did, I didn't see this until this morning, but uh, Buffalo Bills defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, has taken 2023 off. Really? Yeah. And he's going to take a year off, and then he plans to return in 2024. I hope he's physically okay. Wow. Yeah, that, that comes out of nowhere, and that's going uh, to be a blow for them. Now, Leslie Frazier, one of the great defensive coordinators in football, and... Everybody who plays for him absolutely loves him. Yeah, so that's, uh, you would like to think that that's a break for the Jets and the Patriots and the Dolphins. Especially with what the Patriots and Dolphins have done with their uh, coaching staffs. Man, the Bills are probably, we, we just cannot catch a break. That's what the Bills are probably thinking. We just I just hope it's hell. I just, so I hope it's nothing to do physically. I just, yeah. Maybe, maybe he's a little mentally exhausted. Yeah. Uh, let's go to George who's on Long Island. What's up, George? <laughs> George, Georgie, hey, Hey. what's up, brother? I I love you. You're the best. Thank you. What's happening? I'm all right, but I'm. You know, I'm a Jet fan. Yep. And you also know you can't throw and you can't run without a good offensive line. That's for sure. I mean, mean, look at look at uh, Mahomes in in the second Super Bowl. Offensive line's hurt. He was hurt. There's no magic. There's no magic. You look at the Washington Redskins, won three Super Bowls, three different quarterbacks, same offensive line. You got a guy in, in San Francisco, great offensive line, three different quarterbacks, they went to the Super Bowl. I mean, not to the Super Bowl, but they went to the playoffs with, with that last pick. Doesn't have to be a first pick, but that will, first of all, I don't want to give up the, the, the let me slow down. The Jets did a great job building. They've done a great job building. They made a mistake with Wilson. The guy can't throw 10 yards without either hitting the ground or taking your head off. <laughs> Doesn't have any touch. And then you got a guy like uh, uh, White. You give him time. The only thing is the, the, the offense coordinator didn't have a back uh, back there with him, and, and the guy got killed. So I think you got a, a good uh, – uh, uh, and don't give up the, the – the, 
your your all your prospects for a a guy that you don't even know if he wants to play. No, you wouldn't Aaron have Rodgers. to, George. Georgie, George, you wouldn't have to because basically the only way I think Aaron Rodgers becomes the quarterback option for the Jets is if Aaron Rodgers basically tells the Green Bay Packers that he wants to be traded to the Jets and therefore kind of like what Patrick Kane is doing with the Chicago Blackhawks. I want to go to the Rangers. Therefore, the Blackhawks lose all the leverage. They don't have a bidding war going on for him. And they want to do right by Patrick Kane because he's won three cups there. So I'm sure that the, uh, you know, what's going back to the Blackhawks is not going to be all that much or what we think is going to be that much. And then the same thing for is going to be for, you know, Aaron Rodgers. If he says, look, I want to come to the Jets and only the Jets, then, you know, basically Green Bay will have to come to some reasonable compensation with the Jets. And it's not going to ruin the Jets. All right. If, ifs and maybes. But the, don't forget. Like you said, uh, uh, Messier was a younger guy. Yep. I, I, I just don't like it. I don't like it. It didn't work. It only, yeah, it worked with Brady. He won six Super Bowls first. Well, who would you like? Who would George, Georgie? Who would you like? Loses in the playoffs. Who would you like for the Jets? Who would you want? Who do you want as a quarterback? All right. Before you laugh, don't make fun of me. Okay. Don't make fun of me. But he got he got screwed with different codes. I'll take Donald back before I put before I waste right, my all right. time. All right, Georgie. Okay, Georgie. You know, Sam Darnold before you waste your time with Aaron Rodgers. And he was a great phone call up to that point. Like, I understand his point with Aaron Rodgers, but when you say I'd rather have Sam Darnold back than Aaron Rodgers, yeah. than, than everything you said it's just prior to that. It's is. a very cloudy situation. And you might end up with Jimmy Garoppolo. You may end up with Ryan Tannehill. You could end Ugh. up with Sam Darnold, I guess. I, I can't imagine that Woody Johnson would want to bring him back here. But Oh, my God. You know, the, the, the thing right now is the Jets are just waiting for Aaron Rodgers to tell the Green Bay Packers, look, it's over. But let's move on. Trade me to the Jets. Then I got to modify my contract with the Jets so the Jets can go out and get some free agents and fill some holes because they do have some really good young players here that would probably love to play with Aaron Rodgers, and they can also keep Zach Wilson and let Zach Wilson learn from his idol and and learn how to become a professional quarterback. Jeffrey in Florida. What's going on, Jeffrey? Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, Jeffrey? What's happening? Oh, good morning. Um, I'm calling about the guy that was just complaining about Anthony Richardson. Um, I'm from Florida, obviously. I've been here my whole life. Uh, I just want to know who he has had um, to throw the ball to, besides maybe, I think, I don't remember what brother it was, but one of the ETN brothers. Yeah. Um, who has he had? You know, he's had a, that, that one guy, you know, and, and I think he's great. I really do. I love him. I love watching him this whole time that he was a Gator. I'm a Gator fan. I've been my whole life. I just want to get your guys' opinion on it. Yeah, I, so I saw him in one of the last games. Let me take a look at this. You know, it's schedule. amazing. We're actually talking about Gator football right well, now. Well, we're talking about. A, I mean, I know. Look what you did. You, look what you started this morning. You started with uh, Anthony Richardson's going to go up your draft board like you're Mel Kiper or something. I didn't say my draft board. Well, you were talking about the draft like it was your draft board. Uh, no, I said, I said my prediction is there's always a guy after the combine that shoots up, and my prediction is that it's that it's this guy. Okay. And Anthony Richardson. So there was a game that I watched last year towards the end of the season where I was I was really impressed with him. And I might have been 
it might have been the Florida State game that they lost. Yeah, because it was right around Thanksgiving. That's what it was. Okay. It was right around Thanksgiving. Florida State was ranked, and Richardson, he threw three touchdowns. It was 9 of 27, but he threw for three touchdowns and 198 yards, and he ran for 41. Now, 9 of 27 is horrendous. There's no two ways about it. So he's played 22 college games. But he just... He jumps off the screen with his talent. And and there is, I guarantee you, there are going to be coaches that are going to say, we'll bring him in, we will sit him for a year. It's the kind of kid that uh, that I would think Brian Dable would love. I'm sure. You know why? Because he's big, mm-hmm. right? He's 6'4", 232 pounds. Yep. He can fly. Yep. So that's a part of his game. And obviously, part of Brian Dayball's offense and Mike Kafka's offense is a big, strong guy that can run. Yeah, and he's got a rocket, too. That's that, the that, other that's thing. So, uh, Daniel Jones got a great arm. Mm-hmm. So does uh, Josh Allen. Yep. And so does this kid. Yeah. So, he would look good in the Giants uniform. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That would be interesting. This is what I was saying before about if, the, if Daniel Jones ends up walking and they don't want to use the franchise tag on him, like... Uh, Giants could trade up and take a quarterback and go start the whole thing over again. Start it all over again. That's right. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.